Welcome to Money Clip. This is our first episode. Your host will be Raymond Brown and David Evans. How's it going, David? Hey, how's it going, Ray? Good to be here, man. Excited for this new venture, talking money with a friend. So should be exciting, man. Hoping to spread some investment knowledge. Excellent, excellent. You know, same here. You know, I'm really glad we're able to come together, you know, like-minded individuals on the same path and wanting to really uh, keep the community informed as to actually what's going on here. You know, me primarily going to be explaining uh, angel investments, the early early seed, uh, seed stage rounds, and um, you will be talking about the public public market, public sector. Absolutely, yeah. Trading in the stock market, investing, and, and trying to make your dollar grow and push it forward. That's what this podcast is all about. Excellent. So, so just so the the community knows, you know, what do you think you know Money Clip means to you? If you could uh, guess, yeah. For me, money clip just means understanding the power of your money versus the power of your time. I think uh, in, in most communities, we associate u- utilizing our time to make money, not utilizing our money to make money. And, th- and there's no way to really get ahead and kind of get out of the rat race if your time is your main asset to creating uh, money or wealth. So with this podcast and, and with what we do on social media platforms and things of that nature, I think it's trying to shift the narrative to expose people that your money is a much more efficient worker than you are. You know, so just that that's yeah. really what it means to me, just changing the way people think about how to use their dollar. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you entirely. You know, if I had to guess what money clip means to me, uh, not to mention, you know, I think this day and age, this time that we're in, it's really, really important for people to really get a grasp and understanding about having to move their dollar forward, especially during a pandemic. Um, There's a lot of people out there that's still making money, uh, despite the very unfortunate circumstances that we're in today. Uh, You know, at least for me, money clip means, you know, trying to find a way to hold on to your money, but also double it, you know, the right way. And, uh, you know, for everyone listening, you know, my background you know, I went to undergrad, uh, criminal justice major. Now I'm in grad school doing technology management. Uh, you know, I'm working in technology field as a consultant and uh, also a signal officer in the military. So you don't necessarily need to have a uh, finance background to be successful in this market. You know, there's a lot of tools ready accessible, um, libraries uh, and or um, online education. Completely agree. I, I, th- I think that's nail, nail on head already. I think the biggest myth about investing in general is that it's this uh, very complicated, complex years of just learning before you ever click click a button to invest in anything. And and that's just the wrong approach. I think a lot of people, it's more fear. I think there's a lot of, lot of um, miseducation about what investing is and then a lot of fear to get started in it because it just seems so daunting from the outside. Right. And, you know, all people, all anyone has to do is basically sit time, uh, put time aside and, you know, identify exactly what their future, their financial future they want to look like. And if you can't, you know, figure it out just yet, you know, you're not alone. There's many other people in the community that don't really know where to get started. And uh, hopefully coming to this podcast, you know, you won't necessarily get all the answers, you know, to become successful. Uh, but she will get some tidbits that will help you on that journey to get there. Completely agree. It's still it's still self initiative and accountability. 
So, you know, we're not here to you know, pretend like we're some uh, investing gurus that can teach you how to never lose money or teach you every single secret because the true secret in investing is, is that there isn't a secret. And I think a lot of people waste most of their time trying to find the secret sauce or the holy grail or the perfect thing so they never have to lose money and take risks. And that's not what investing is. Um, but if you're patient and diligent and put in the work, I, I do find that investing is a much, much more profitable return on your time and money than just going to work every day and contributing 500 bucks a month to like a Roth IRI or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, from, uh, from your perspective, you know, what would you say really got you interested in wanting to learn how to invest and also picking the public market? Uh, well, it started at an early age just because I've been around entrepreneurs so much. So it really just started out with a, a deep want uh, for autonomy to kind of be my own person and, and, and kind of, you know, succeed and fail by, you know, my own merit. Um, and then the, the financial markets are just something that's that are valued at a very high clip. Uh, no pun intended, in, in this society. Like, look, we're in a pandemic right now and the financial markets haven't closed for a single day, right? So there's been no day where I've had any disruption in income. I haven't had an ability to earn, uh, not, nothing of the sort. So just no, no, knowing those two very powerful factors that allows me to be an entrepreneur and be autonomous, and it also is the most valued institution in America, uh, just it was almost a no-brainer for me so once I, I i was in the military for five years so once i transitioned out of the military i just completely committed to being a full-time uh futures day trader and an options trader and there, there was plenty of bumps plenty of horror stories we'll get into that plenty of failure um, so i'm not here to pitch anybody a get rich quick scheme but uh the the rewards definitely outweigh the risk and and what sparked it was this uh lifelong journey of learning like you, you get to improve every single day if you're an investor or something there's always something new to learn there's always something you can give back you can share what you have learned you can learn from others that know something that you don't know similar to this podcast right just coming in together giving the little nuggets we know and you know hoping that helps somebody then they help somebody so those those are the type of factors that contributed to me uh taking the taking the dive and becoming a full-time um futures trader, day trader, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, and pulling all my income from trading financial markets. Yeah, you know, and I, and I agree with you, David, uh, a lot um, because, you know, I was in a similar situation. You know, I've always been interested in investing, but I didn't really know how to go about it. But one thing I knew uh, was that I wanted to find a way to possibly 10x, 20x, 30x, or even 1,000x my money. And I wanted to be one of those success stories eventually. So what did I do? I started doing research. And what I was able to find is that uh, during the Obama administration, um, referencing the uh, Jobs Act, there was an addition made that allowed uh, non-accredited investors. Now, non-accredited investors are individuals who make less than $200,000 a year, three years consecutively and have less than a million dollars in assets. Uh, accredited investors is the exact opposite. They have a million dollars liquid assets, and they also have made uh, $200,000 consecutively in the last three years. And if it wasn't for this adjustment to the JOBS Act, I wouldn't have the ability to 
uh, invest in early stage companies, you know, as an angel, angel investor. And I was really excited and, and happy, you know, to find out this information because no one has ever spoken to me about it before. You know, but I always thought, I said, where do these companies start? They just don't get to the exchange, you know, because by the time they get to the exchange, whether it, what exchange they're going to, you're pretty much getting at a retail price. Yeah. So I wanted to be the first money in. And I know if I'm the first money in at a low valuation, and by the time they get to the public market, they could be 100 times, 1,000 times, or even four times what they used to be worth when they initially started out. You know, one great reference would be Jason Calacanis. Jason Calacanis is an angel investor. I read his book called Angel, and it really uh, changed my perspective on investing and how much money I could actually make. You know, not yeah. many people know this, you know, but uh, he was one of the first few investors to uh, invest in Uber when Uber was only worth $5 million. And what he did was he put in $25,000. And by the time the company went public, he had over 40 to $50 million from that initial $25,000 investment. Wow. Now, now, what other market do you know that you can put $25,000 in and get 50 million back. You know, uh, granted, it was almost 10 years, but I figured, you know, I've always, you know, I've, I've dealt with the, the public market before, and, you know, um, I found myself more of like a long time hold or swing trader. And I said, well, angel investing kind of fits my investing personality. Um, I can kind of just sit in there and let it wait. Um, granted, angel investing is very risky. You know, because, you know, at that point, you're not really liquid. Uh, you're illiquid at that point. Right. You're really waiting. You're really waiting, you know, five to, to 10 years before you can actually see a return, if any. So what you're hoping for is a merger, uh, acquisition, um, or them going public or direct listing. And then even after that, based on the terms of whatever investment that you're getting in dealt with and which round you're actually investing in, you might need to wait an additional six months after the public market uh, to either sell, trade, or do options on the securities that you purchased. Hmm, that's very interesting. I, I had no idea that was that was the case when it came to uh, the differences between angel investing and regular public market investing. And I, I think that's one of the beauties of this podcast, actually, is that there are probably people who maybe just don't have an interest in, you know, being stockholders or that type of investment. And I think you, they're kind of vilified that if you don't invest in the stock market, your money's not working for you. And it's like, just this one avenue, but you're, you're kind of opening up a, a whole different type of money paradigm where there are other ways to invest in companies and increase your equity dramatically without having to, you know, follow the S and P 500 or the Dow Jones every day. And I think that's never talked about in any financial classes, at least. So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very interesting insight. Yeah, definitely. You know, and when I think about investing and what probably makes a successful one, you know, from your perspective, David, you know, what qualities or traits you think make a very successful trader? Um, it, it, it starts, honestly, with accountability. So the, the only way to have long-term success in trading financial markets is it always has to be your fault. And that's, that's one of the hardest things for people, including myself. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. That was one of the hardest things for me to do 
uh, transitioning from being in the service or having a job where there's plenty of people to blame when something doesn't go right. And then you transition into uh, sitting in front of a screen, working from home, doing it by yourself every day. And anytime you lose money, you have to completely that it's your fault. And I think that uh, kind of way of thinking makes a lot of people uncomfortable, that there's no one to blame. There's no more boss, right? So there's no like, man, he didn't let me off in time. I was supposed to be home. But there's no more of that. There's no more incompetent coworkers. You are the incompetent one now, right? Every time you make a mistake, it's your fault. So the traders that do the best, I think, are the ones that have the ability to be 100% or close to it accountable. For, for all of their trades, all of their actions, they journal their behavior, they understand what high value actions and habits look like and what uh, self-sabotage looks like. And that's something I think we all deal with, no, no, regardless of profession, but getting out of your own way is even more emphasized when you're a full-time trader because um, your income depends on it too. Like you can self-sabotage and keep a nine to five job, keep your health care, keep, but if you self-sabotage as a trader, you're not paying your rent. You're not paying your bills. You're not, you know what I mean? You're losing uh, money in the market. So your trading account is getting lower. So you're you're not able to take the same type of trades with the same types of risks. So you lower the amount of money you can make. Um, so number one is definitely accountability. Sorry, that was a little long-winded, but it's, it's just the most important thing. Um, people think it's a strategy or having the hot stock pick or having some fancy indicator or using the right, you know, high speed laptop, but it really is just accountability. It all starts right there. Um, and then once, once you have that down, the next one is another buzzword that I think relates to everyone in all walks of life and all professions, which is discipline. Um, can you show up every day? I, I talk with traders all the time and that's something that a lot of traders struggle with that or day traders, at least they don't even show up to trade every day. They sleep in, they, you know, log out early. They don't take notes. They don't journal their trades. When they have losing days, they kind of bury their head in the sand and, and don't kind of evaluate what went wrong. Um, and so you're kind of not learning from your failures because you don't have the discipline to understand that failure is part of the process when it comes to trying to do anything that's very difficult and also where the reward is very high. You know what I mean? There are traders that have started with very meager means and have made hundreds of millions of dollars speculating in financial markets. So anytime that's your reward possibility, the probabilities drop down significantly. But just because something's not likely to happen doesn't mean you don't attempt to do it. And that's where discipline comes in. And a lot of people, those are the two the two biggest traits. If you if you have that, which is pretty much just self-mastery, but if you're accountable to yourself can hold yourself accountable when you're not doing the right things and then you're disciplined enough to change it um, you, you have what it takes to be a successful investor for sure wow yes you know david i think that you you know said just about everything but i think i would have to add you know from a, a, a angel uh, angel investor it's you know it's probably basically the same thing only thing you're primarily focusing on you know is outlining exactly uh, what it's going to look like, at least what your short-term goal, your mid-term goal, and what your uh, long-term goals are going to be. And, and in that process, you're kind of creating like a blueprint, a blueprint to this process. So one, organized, right? Yeah. Understanding what your goal is, right? And then formulating a plan that's conducive to your circumstance, 
not someone else's, yours. You know, uh, whatever your debt to income ratio is, you know, whatever your net worth is, you need to go off of that and create your plan. Once you create your plan, you'll find yourself being more organized. And, you know, I don't know if it's a military thing or what, but what I found is when I'm being more organized and the things I'm trying to accomplish, I can lay it out. I can see the way of the land. And that way, I can kind of chip away at the brick every single day. I know I'm doing it correctly every single time. Absolutely. Completely agree. Completely agree. And that's, you know, that's always talked about too. process, process, process. And I think people want to see either progress or they want to see the reward. But the greatest people in all fields, they stay extremely present, right? Like what needs to happen today? And they just do that. You know what I mean? I, th- I think it was Will Smith. He has a really cool motivational video on YouTube that people should check out. But he just talks about building a wall. And you don't build a wall by saying, I'm going to build this huge wall. and It's going to be amazing. And you build a wall one brick at a time. You just lay the first brick as perfectly as you can lay it. And that parlays completely with investing. You don't come, I, you know, I didn't approach trading like, I'm going to make a million dollars. You know, that's what we're doing. A million dollars. Let's go. No, what can I do today that will signify me growing as a trader? And, or in a, in a, you know, I'm using trading as an example, but you could use it for investing too. And I, I, I push people more to the investment side than the trading side early on because most people don't have the stomach for the short-term losses. But um, what can you do as an investor? Are, are you up to date on you know, the companies that you want to invest in? Are, are you expanding your mind on investment topics? Are you making yourself uncomfortable Instead of, you know, watching Netflix, you're reading a book about how to become an effective investor, how to make your money grow, right? Things like that are simple things that you can do. So while, yeah, maybe you can't start with, you know, $100,000, $300,000, anything like that. But you, you, can, you can definitely control what you can control, you know what I mean, right? So, and that's where a lot of people, I think, go wrong. They're, they're looking at this, you know, this monument that they want to create, right? This retirement and buying a boat and having a vacation home and all that, but they're not doing anything in the short term to make that a reality. So it's just the dream, you know? So yeah. and that, that's, you know, dreams are nice, but you know, <laughs> you, you, you can't take them to the car dealership and buy anything. So that, that would be my uh, definitely agreeing with you, but also just, you know, that's, that's the uncomfortable truth with investing. And I'm sure that you, that you, you have some of those as well. Yeah, exactly. And the thing about it is, uh, it's, it's, you can't solely rely on the, um, the idea that you have everything put together and you're extremely organized. Because, you know, one of the things I like to tell the listeners is about my excesses uh, and my failures. You know, so if I had to say the most investment uh, as an angel investor that I'm, you know, the most excited about is the um, investment I made in a series B round for NowRx. NowRx is an on-demand delivery service uh, that delivers pharmaceuticals to um, customers throughout the United States. Okay. And I thought it was really interesting because they kind of took the CVS and the Walgreens and the Rite Aid's um, business model, reamped it, and made it better. Um, they taken their storage locations and made it into micro-locations uh, use artificial intelligence and uh, robotics uh, to automatically, as soon as you get an email notification from the doctor, the machine automatically fills the prescription. And of course, they have a pharmacist on site 
and they also have their own drivers. Uh, so they don't have random drivers that just sign up um, and put in information. And these people actually work for an RX. And, you know, they also care about the community and their environment. So they're also using eco-friendly vehicles uh, to offer free same-day delivery to their customers. Um, and in addition to that business model, uh, I always I also want to introduce the fact that they're making uh, over 100, uh, they're also making $1 million a month uh, since a fiscal year. So they're doing an excellent, excellent job uh, um, securing revenue. Okay. And uh, they gave me enough confidence to invest almost $8,000 in their company. Um, and by the time their funding round was over, they raised over $20 million. Jeez. And, 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 it's, and it's amazing because not a lot of companies or businesses are able to raise that much money that early on. Uh, but obviously, someone saw the same thing that I saw, which is that this company has the ability to go very, very far, maybe even multi-billion dollars. Um, and uh, when I think about um, some of the failures that I might have had, I've only had one so far. Uh, happened maybe last year. Uh, there was a, I'm not going to mention the company's name, uh, but I'll mention the technology. It was dealing with rocket propulsions and um, kind of like an eco-friendly rocket propulsion system. And um, I didn't invest that much at all. Uh, it was only like $200, but, you know, I did get that email saying, you know, oh, we didn't meet our goal and thank you for believing in us. And it did right. suck, you know, and, um, but what I learned was, yeah, it's $200. I probably spent $200 with, Uber or Grubhub these last few weeks in quarantine. So it's, <laughs> Absolutely. Not, so it's not that big of a deal, right? So, you know, David, you know, I gave my um, perspective or, or personal experience with uh, the private sector. What, what do you have um, when you're in from the uh, public? Uh, well, the learning curve was very steep and very painful early on. I did not uh, hit the ground running. Um, I, I've definitely blown up my fair share of accounts. For those that don't know what that means, when you blow an account up, it means you start with 10000 or 15000 whatever the number is. And then in a process of time, that could be a month, three months, a year, the account dwindles down to zero or amounts so small that you can no longer trade securities, right? So that, that's happened to me on two, two different occasions. So I, I am not speaking as a guru that hit the ground running. But uh, I, I learned from my mistakes. And, and the biggest thing I was doing wrong, I'll, I'll talk about a failure first, was um, I was just trade trading or, or investing too big. Uh, so my per trade, per investment risk was just entirely too large. So I'd have these huge equity swings, man, like these just massive. So it felt phenomenal when I'd be right, you know, I'd be up 12,000, 15,000, $20,000 on a day or a week or something like that. But when I'd be wrong, I'd be down 10,000, 20,000, 40,000. And I didn't have the emotional, here's that key word again, discipline to, to accept the ebbs and flows of trading. So it kind of, I would almost get put on tilt, um, like an a, emotional imbalance almost on a weekly basis, man. So I, I couldn't make any progress from an equity standpoint or from just an emotional growth and intelligence standpoint because I was being so hard-headed. I thought there was only one way to skin a cat, so to speak. Um, so, you know, my, my biggest loss ever, man, I still... I still have a hard time going into Walmart, but I, I was long like uh, too many uh, Walmart um, call options. Um, a call option is just a right to buy a stock and it increases in value as the stock goes up. 
Um, and I thought I had this thing figured out. It was the perfect entry. It was going to go to the moon. I was going to buy a Porsche. It was going to be great, right? And, um, and of course, what happens? It goes straight down, right? Straight down. Um, I think it went from 110 to 85. This was about uh, maybe two years ago now. And uh, I, find I, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I couldn't take it. So I took the loss. I think it, it was like 17,000 total. I hate talking numbers. I prefer to talk percentages. But for the sake of our audience, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this loss in dollars. And uh, I kid you not, uh, maybe three weeks later, Walmart was trading at all-time highs. And I would have made like $70,000 on the trade. But I didn't even have the emotional makeup to accept that ebb and flow. So my personality was out of tune with the, the way that I was uh, trading or investing at the time. So that, that's my biggest, my definitely my biggest failure. But I also learned the most from that. It made me a substantially better trader and much more disciplined. And then I would say my largest success is probably just how consistent I am now. Um, it, it has nothing to do with a dollar amount. You know, um, I, like I said, I don't want to really talk about dollars so much as just... Um, and I show up every day. You know, I can, I can trust myself to be in front of the screens. I can trust myself to take the correct trades every day. I can trust myself to not get overly emotional when I win or lose on a trade. And I think that is the growth that um, or the tuition that I had to pay by losing money trading is to learn how to do that. Just just be present in the moment, show up every day and do what's necessary in that moment and treat the market as information as opposed to an adversary. That's all these markets are, private or public. It's just information. Do you think something's going down or up? And the the less emotional attachment you have to that, the more objective you can be in making that decision. And also, you know, obviously, right, right, making some money. So those are probably the two that stick out to me. One, obviously, very traumatic. And then the other one's just a little more stoic and dramatic for the listeners, I suppose. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, thank you uh, for sharing that, David. And you know, I think it's, a great lesson that, you know, hopefully none of our listeners have to really experience. Yeah. Learn from that. other people's pain, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, from that, from that magnitude, you know, but in this, in this uh, arena of investing, you know, individuals need to understand that, you know, you're going to have losses and you're going to have wins. Absolutely. You know? um, but your job as an intelligent investor and not a speculator is to uh, make the um, very small, very small mistakes. Um, and that as frequent um, and just continue to uh, get more wins, you know, and the only way you can secure that is by doing your research, you know, practicing your craft as much as possible uh, and staying true to what you want to accomplish, you know, and sticking and, and sticking to your guns when it comes to that. Yep. You know, um, you know, we're kind of running out of time now, but uh, thanks again, David, uh, for us Absolutely. coming together. You know, it's our first our first episode, Money Clip, and um, we're going to be sure to give the community what they need to be successful in the market. Yes, sir. Stack your money, make your money work for you. Money should always outwork you. You shouldn't outwork the money. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. <laughs>